Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello! It's Pauline. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I meet with the lovely Lara, who comes from Slovenia and recently moved to Germany after having spent a year in Chicago. She's going to tell us all about the reality of moving in the midst of COVID, finding a job in Germany, and the couple of cultural differences that she found between the two countries. Hi, Lara. How are you? Happy to have you. <laughs> Hi, Pauline. I'm good. How are you? Very well. Thank you. First, I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, it's awesome, and I'm really excited to do this. Well, you're welcome. I'm happy you reached out. It's exciting to have different people and different countries. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> a new perspective. And maybe you'll have a different uh, point of view on Germany to Stasi. So that's going to be nice to see if you guys agree or if it's a totally different view. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we will see. We will see. We have the same point of view or... <laughs> the same experience you can say yeah so tell me a little bit about your move from Chicago to Germany how did all of this how did all of this come up and start and organize yeah so as you said I'm from Slovenia originally I was born and raised there yeah um and then in 2019 I moved to Chicago right uh, for one year And then at the beginning of this year, uh, my partner and I decided that we want to move back to Europe to be like closer to our families. Hmm. And he already found a job in Germany. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At the, like in January. Right. I was still looking for one, like for the new opportunity. And we first moved to Slovenia. Okay. So you did Chicago, Slovenia, and he had already found a job in Germany while being in the U.S.? Yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, yeah. How did you choose Germany? Is it just a job came up there or was it a country you guys were already, already had in mind and were focusing on? Okay, so we were looking for opportunities in countries near Slovenia. So we were looking in oh, okay. Austria, yeah, Germany, Switzerland, Netherlands. Right. And then my boyfriend got job offers from three different companies in Germany. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a really lucky guy. And yeah, and we were like, yeah, I guess Germany is our next destination. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was really geographic. Uh, being close to Slovenia was the was the key for you guys. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he got a job in Allen, which is really close to Heidenheim, where we live now. Oh. Right. Heidenheim is basically like six or seven hours drive to Slovenia. Right. And we go there basically every month, or once a month at least. Oh, uh, yeah. That's really. That's a huge luxury living abroad to be able to go home once a month. It's amazing. Yep. I, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah, he basically started working from home. Right. Uh, so, from Slovenia, uh, it was not a, like, a big issue for the company that he's working for. Mm. 
And then, yeah, so the whole pandemic started. Yeah. And I got the job offer in March. Okay, so you got you found a job uh, just a few months after and you were already in Slovenia. Yes, exactly. And the company said that I would need to start working on May 4th. Right. And yeah, the days went by and we didn't know if we could actually move on time. Um, right. Because of the restrictions that were going on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the middle of April, a company that I work for called me and said that I will need to start working in May, like we agreed. Right. That I need to come to Germany. So we okay. didn't have any other option. Yeah, but to move. And then, yeah, so we started in April preparing everything for the move. The move. Yeah. Um, we called the embassy in Munich. And they said that we will need to quarantine for the first two weeks. Um, Well, I guess when you're moving, you're in the boxes, so it's not that bad. (laughs) I agree. So we packed everything and we also packed all of the groceries. Right. Food and everything. Yeah. And then we drove to Heidenheim and we rented like a temporary apartment here. Hmm. And then we quarantined for the two weeks. And it was actually not that bad because we like we both worked from home. Yeah. So the time went by pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, it was an interesting experience, but also like pretty stressful. But so as you were quarantined, um, quarantine that meant could could you actually look for an apartment at the same time, or because I guess you couldn't do visits or stuff like that. No, yeah, we had to wait um, until like two weeks passed and then we went and looked for like a couple of apartments and then we moved after one month. Okay, so that's not too bad. It's not too long to find a place. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, if any of the listeners need to move during pandemic, it's possible, but it's also pretty stressful And yeah, the first thing that you need to do is to check the restrictions that are going on in the country that you're moving to. That's really important. And then really prepare yourself for the move. Prepare all the documents uh, that you will probably need. Most important, try to stay safe. And what about then the whole aspect around just getting to know the city and building your social life i don't know if currently your area in germany is back in lockdown or if it's open again or how many months you had of sort of full freedom with social distancing and so when we moved here everything was still open like the bars restaurants shops but you know it was definitely felt different yeah you know, we we strolled through the city and checked a couple of places, but you can feel it's a different vibe. Also, like, not many people are, like, drinking, you know, having yeah. fun at the bars and, like, gathering together. So, yeah, it it is definitely different. And also, we are living in a really small city. Here you won't find many other expats. 
yeah. that you can like connect with and you know socialize so yeah that's another thing so today have you been able to make a few connections and actually like meet people have start building a social circle slowly yeah slowly (laughs) um slowly mostly like with the people that you know you meet at your workplace yeah so you start with your co-workers and then you meet like their friends and then slowly expanding the circle ah yes you you're working you're currently working in the office you're not work from home then uh so the thing is i actually quit my job two weeks ago (laughs) yeah um and i started like working as a marketing freelancer um and i also my boyfriend and i started our own furniture company wow congratulations (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you so there's a lot of stuff going on yeah but yeah, during my time in the company that I work for, um, I met some like really awesome people and we still like hang out from time to time. So yeah, that's definitely good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what helped you settle in and sort of take your marks? Because you're in the middle of a lot of changes in between quitting your job. Well, new city, new job, quitting it, launching your company. I can imagine there is a lot, a lot going on. What actually helps you to stay sort of grounded and feel like, okay, this is my home or a safe bubble or? Uh, it still feels like, like I'm living in a bubble, sort of. Yeah, it's still every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, during this past couple of months, uh, we've been able to uh, travel a little bit during the weekends. Right. So we visited a couple of places here in Germany, and that was really awesome. But during the week, you know, I'm working from like eight in the morning till 10 in the evening, like working on my blog, you know, on our furniture company. Mm. But still, like in between, I try to find a couple of hours to myself. And I try to like meditate a little bit and listen to some music or just dance and, you know, <laughs> yeah, or to the, ease off the pressure, <laughs> ease off the pressure. Yeah. But it's definitely been, yes, stressful, I can say, because of the, you know, we are basically now again in the lockdown. Yeah. So I'm staying like in our house most of the time. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's kind of frustrating because you don't have the opportunity to like meet new people and, you know, socialize a little bit, but yeah, I've been trying to stay in contact with friends from home, Yeah. um, you know, and talking to them like, like a couple of times per week. Yeah. Still connecting with your close ones is really important. Yeah. I agree. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay, let's go back a little. I know you mentioned you want to talk a little bit about the piece around looking for a job in Germany. So let's go back uh, a a few steps and talk about this whole process around for you finding a job in Germany. How did that go? And 
what was easy, difficult, or surprising to to you? Mm-hmm. So I basically started applying for jobs in late November. Right. At the beginning, I thought this is going to be like a fairly easy process. Yeah. Um, easier than it was for Chicago. Mm. Because, you know, for Chicago, it took me, I don't know, six or seven months before I got the job there. Nice. And then for Germany, I thought it's going to be a little bit easier, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think the job search is never easy. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, especially because I don't know German that well. Yeah. I only know the basics. So I started applying. I filled out a lot of applications. Um, I reached out to people on LinkedIn. I emailed companies like directly. I searched for jobs on Glassdoor and Indeed, which are like awesome job sites for yeah. jobs abroad. Yeah. And for like first two, three months, there was like nothing. I didn't even get like an email, like nothing. No interviews, no no first connection. No interviews, nothing. And then I slowly started getting some interviews. Like some of them were really good. Some of them were just like awful, if I can say it, because they made me question everything about like my career and my experiences. Right. Did you adapt anything in order to be able to get interviews did you have to change a little bit your approach in applying so first of all I changed my CV and my cover letter a little bit Mm -hmm. so it was more customized okay and what did you need to customize what what's the specificity that you see in Germany in order to be able to hook uh, recruiters there Uh, I think not just writing down the experiences that you have, but going more in depth, like writing all the achievements, um, specifically what projects you worked on. Like if there, if there's, if there was a project that you led and it brought some amazing like results in the end. Mm. So really talking about your success, talking about your success and really going in depth and. In the cover letter, I basically customize it that way. You know, I write down uh, the things, like the experiences that matched uh, with the job. With the role. Yeah. With the role, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else? So, yeah, I had many interviews that went really well. And then in the end, they asked me if I knew any German. And I told them like yeah I know like a little bit I've started learning again and they were like oh no but like we need to have someone who is basically fluent in German and then everything was like over (laughs) it's it's surprising that you wouldn't know that earlier on in for that specific job that German was a requirement it's it's strange that they wouldn't let you know maybe throughout the first conversation or within the job offering directly yeah i mean in the most like in the most job postings they will like say we need someone who is like 
good in English, but also knows a little bit of German. Yeah. But some of them are saying, you know, uh, it would be good to have someone. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's not a requirement. It's not, it's not a requirement, but we would be happy to have someone, you know? And then, yeah. 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 So... So it ended well. What um, what do you think made the difference or helped you to to land a job you you landed in the end? So I was lucky because it was an international company. Hmm. Yeah, they the department that I was working for they had a lot of foreigners, right? And we were basically communicating in English all the time. Yeah. So me not knowing German very well was not an issue for them. An issue. Yeah, yeah, I think in most most European countries when there is uh, like when there is a language question, indeed the easiest is to go to towards international companies that are going to be serving serving all of Europe and not only the the country you're in. Yeah, I completely agree. And did you have, I know Martina, who is German, and saw uh, she saw a big difference between applying in Germany versus applying in uh, Australia for jobs. She was mentioning in Germany, you'd always get this letter of recommendation from your for- former employer. Is this something that you saw was requested or did you get the, the ask, perhaps? Yeah. That is another thing. So when you're applying for jobs here in Germany, it's really important to have a letter of recommendations from your previous uh, employers and managers. If you don't have that, then you should prepare at least like a list of referrals, at a list of contacts uh, from your previous company so the potential new employer can, you know, call them and okay. ask them. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that is pretty common then. Yeah, it's that thing is really important to have it. Yeah. Nice. And what about a little bit more around life in Germany itself? So I know it's a little bit complicated with the <laughs> with the lockdown. Um, <laughs> but what are things that struck you or you found very difficult or that you liked, uh, perhaps? Mm-hmm. So when I moved here, um, I definitely experienced a culture shock. <laughs> It is a big difference from the U.S., for example, when it comes to networking, right? And the German way, way the German way of socializing with like foreigners. So in the U.S., people are very open and they really like small talks. Yeah. And I remember when I moved to Chicago, I felt very accepted from the first day on. Hmm. And then here. People are very reserved when it comes to meeting new people. I mean, not all of them. You will find some. You will find some exceptions, but a lot of them, like they have their own like circle of friends, and they just need some time to open up, like to new people and to start trusting someone new. Yeah, that's one thing that I still have a bit of a hard time to deal with Uh, because you know i'm a very like social person 
I really like to, you know, I really like to network and meet new people and go out and, you know, have fun. Socialize. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing. But you just have to accept the fact that that's how, like, they live and yeah. give, you just have to give them some time. Yeah, a bit of time and it's probably a bit more, I, it's the foreigner's role to be a bit more proactive in order to crack crack the nutshell yeah. a little bit and be able mm-hmm. to get into that circle. Exactly. And the thing is, like, in smaller cities, it's even hard to do that. Yeah. I think if we would live in, like, Munich or Hamburg or, I don't know, Berlin, Berlin. Yeah, it would be way easier. Yeah, it's to connect. more international in those yep. cities. And it will be also easier to adjust to a new environment. And then another thing. These are like some random things that I noticed <laughs> when I moved here. <laughs> um, so cash is king here. Yes, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> Yep. So, you know, in a lot of restaurants, bars, and even like small shops, you can only pay with cash. Yeah. Or that yeah. was always. Um, so, I used to work in events management, and we'd like twice a year, we'd have events in Germany, and we'd always book a restaurant for the team night in, in Germany. And it was always the question of, guys, we have to book a restaurant where they accept cards you cannot pay a full restaurant for 12 people by cash it's not possible <laughs> yeah yeah so you really have to make sure that you always have some cash with you yeah wherever you go another thing that i find a little bit annoying it's that it's almost impossible to get like a glass of water for free in restaurants really yeah you can only order it by bottle, and that's it. Oh, I don't know call that. Actually, it's funny. Yeah, because, you know, for example, in the U.S. or in Slovenia, like, you always get a glass of water, like, in the beginning. Yeah. Like, you ask for they don't even ask. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even ask you. They just bring it to you. Yeah. But it's not uh, that way in Germany. Another thing, uh, everything is closed on Sundays. Sunday day off. Yes, Sunday is a rest day. I mean, restaurants and bars are open, but they have a little bit of weird opening hours. So they're open from like 11 in the morning to 2 p.m. And then they have a break and then they open again at 5 p.m. Nice. Would that not be the case in Slovenia also? No. No, No. Hmm. they are open all the time in Slovenia. Yeah, France is a little bit like Germany for that. Sunday is Sunday is day off, and so at least in smaller cities, shops would be closed. And even in Paris, if it's not a like a big mall or something, it would probably be closed on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, but yeah, you get used to it. I mean, you go grocery shopping on Saturday, and then you. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. People here love sparkling water. 
and other fizzy drinks. They drink sparkling water all the time, everywhere. <laughs> That's one thing that I was a bit surprised by, but okay. <laughs> Is there the Apfelsaft, no? Yes, Apfelsaft, yeah, yeah. And then like a mix, like a cola mix. So ah, like... The Fritz Cola. Fritz Cola, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the local cola. But the one thing I really like uh, about living here in Germany is the the natural diversity and the landscape. Mm. Because you like you really you really have everything. You have like beautiful like big cities like Hamburg and Munich and Stuttgart, and then you have like mountains on the south and then sea on the north, and then a lot of like nice beautiful lakes. So you have a lot of places you can travel to yeah. um, and explore. Um, and another thing is that all of like other countries are close and you can like travel to France and Italy and, you know, Netherlands. Everything is close. So. Yeah, you can drive or take a train easily to those countries, which is quite handy. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Right. Let's move on a little bit to the recommendations, um, then. So you've been there for, what, six months now? Yeah, uh, seven. Seven, seven months, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would be your top recommendations? It doesn't have to be specifically in this city, or it can be in neighbor cities around a bar, a restaurant, and your carte blanche. Okay. So uh, Heidenheim is a really small city, but you have a couple of places that you can like visit whenever you're like passing by. And one thing is the castle. Uh, it's like on the top of the hill and you have like some amazing views of the city. Then they have a, like a small cute park. It's called Brenz Park because, right. you know, the, yeah, the Heidenheim, like the full name is Heidenheim under Brenz. Because, like, the river Brenz flows through the city. In terms of restaurants, I really like the Asian one. It's called Kokona. Uh, They have amazing sushi. Mm. And then uh, near Heidenheim, there is a city called Allen. It's a bit bigger city. You have, like, more things to do there. You have a lot of, like, different types of restaurants. You, you have Italian one, Asian one, Indian, Middle Eastern. So we have a more more options there when it comes to, like, tasting new stuff. Um, and then we really like to um, go to Ulm. Ulm, it's a much bigger city. They have, like, a beautiful riverfront uh, walk. Um, they, okay. Yep, uh, they have uh, the big cathedral called Ulmer Munster. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of like shops, uh, cute boutiques, small cafes. Uh, so I would definitely recommend you to visit it. So, how, it's, so would you drive there or is there like a city or regional train that would uh, take you to Ulm? So to Ulm, you can drive with a car or you can take the train from uh, Heidenheim also um, okay. from or from other cities. Um, so yeah, it is like pretty easy. Though. Pretty easy. I, um, it's like uh, 30 minutes drive from Heidenheim. 
okay. That's really close. Yeah. And then around Heidenheim, you have a lot of like hiking spots or go for a quick run or something. So yeah, a lot of recreational um, places. Okay, perfect. So yeah, good little areas to go around close to uh, close to Heidenheim. Yep. Yep. Nice. Definitely. So before before we wrap up, I'd like to know what your what your expat song is. Okay, so my go-to song, my expat song is from an artist called Khalid. Okay. It's uh called Let's Go. Nice. So what's the vibe and why why is it your go-to song? Uh it's my go-to song because it's like a really positive like yeah, it's a really positive song. It immediately puts me like in a good mood. It has like very motivational lyrics. Um, mm. yeah, and you know, every time I feel a little bit down or like I need some like extra motivation, I put this song on and I feel really good. Also, it's the song uh, that I played every time that I uh, traveled to Chicago because I traveled from Chicago to Slovenia multiple times. Right. Uh, so every time I went on the plane, um, I played this song and yeah, I felt really happy. Yeah, so it's a bit of the nostalgia and reminds you of that trip and maybe the yeah where everything started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. Where my expatriate started. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, lots of little tips for for Germany and yeah you did join a little bit uh both Martina and Stasi around what they were saying around specifically of looking for a job in Germany and also a couple of cliches uh that Stasi definitely had mainly around people not necessarily being warm but um being a little bit cold at first but then warming up to you uh later on it just it takes a little bit more time and uh, trust to crack them open. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard like once like they open up to you, uh, they will be your friends for a life. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I I probably agree with that. I have a couple of German friends, and yeah, it's sort of the feeling that I had. It takes a little bit of time, but then. They warm up to you and you warm up to them also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just have to be patient. That's all. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening, guys. As usual, I will link everything in the comments. So uh, the the restaurant and the song. The song will also be added to the Spotify Media Experts playlist. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you. Thank you, Pauline. Bye.